Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. That was War by Vince DiCola from the Rocky Four soundtrack, and that is appropriate as our opener tonight on the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast because tonight the battle is on. It's myself versus the bracket on the quest for the perfect bracket. The fight is starting. We are here. Mike Randall with my partner, Gus Kearns. The quest is on, gentlemen. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We're always talking everything college hoops. Thanks to Blog Talk Radio for powering us up. Thanks to Bell Jar for the in and out music. You like what you're listening to there? Go give them a follow on uh, iTunes. Check them out. Mike, are you ready to enter the quest for the perfect bracket? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I feel the bell. I got everybody in my corner here yelling for me. Folks, if you're just tuning us in right now, first of all, what's wrong with you? Secondly, (laughs) we have analyzed these brackets, these teams, these games. We put our heart and soul into this, the best sport in on the planet Earth. We're here. March Madness has arrived. I am on the quest for the perfect bracket. You will find no one who has put more time into these four playing games than I have. <laughs> That's totally true. <laughs> I want every game right. You can go to all these other sites and people just start giving you picks like right after the bracket comes out, right? I haven't slept. I'm <laughs> wired on coffee and I've poured my heart and soul into this bracket. What I will tell you, partner, is this is what I truly believe will happen. I believe in every one of these picks Every one of these games, and this is not for show, and this isn't for more clicks. I don't give a damn about the clicks. I give a damn about being right. Like Drago standing up there going, I do it for me. I'm doing it for the quest. This bracket, I'm on the quest to get every single pick right, and I'm ready to start right now. Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast listeners, we are going to begin Mike Randall's quest for the perfect bracket, and we are going to begin in the first four playing games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay, Mike, I'm going to lead you through the games. You give us the winner, and then give us your rationale, please. Let's do it. We are going to start with the 16-16 game, LIU Brooklyn Blackbirds versus number 16 seed Radford. Radford has won seven in a row. They were one game behind UNC Asheville in the Big South. They turned teams over. They forced about 20 turnovers per game. They played Ohio State earlier this year and only lost by 10. They played at Vandy. They played at Nevada. LIU Brooklyn was fourth in the Northeast Conference this year. That's a nice run. They're really not strong defensively, though. They're 294th in adjusted defensive efficiency. These games are at a neutral site, which usually means offense struggles. Radford wins to play Villanova in the first round of the East Region. Fantastic. Okay, let's scoot over to the 11-11 matchup. Let's go with St. Bonnie's versus UCLA. St. Bonaventure tied a school record for wins of 25 this year. They're 9-1 in their last 10 games. They know the arena very well because they play Dayton in their conference there. Good call. Junior forward Courtney Stockard did not play in their loss against Davidson with a hamstring injury. His health is absolutely critical to this game. Third leading scorer and leading rebounder for the Bonnies. Had 31 in the triple overtime game over Davidson two weeks ago. You got Mobley and Adams for them. They combined for 38 points per game. That's fine. Here's the issue with UCLA. 
They lost Arizona in the Pac-12 semis. They're only 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. Aaron Holiday is Jesus. 20.3 points per game. He's been incredibly hot lately. He's had 34 in two of his last three games. He can pass it. He can shoot it. He's second in the conference in the Pac-12 at 5.8 assists per game. You throw in Holiday with Wilkes, with Thomas, Thomas Welsh, Jalen Hands. Mm-hmm. UCLA has had some nice wins this year. The key for me was Stockard's health. If he was healthy, i take St. Bonaventures. I don't think he is. I think he's going to be limited. I think they're worried about him. This game being on a Tuesday is a big difference from the game being on a Wednesday. UCLA, best player on the floor. They move on to play Florida in the East region. Good call, especially with the health factor. I think if uh, if the Bonnies were playing on a Thursday or Friday, they might feel a little bit more optimistic yep. about their outlook. Uh, I think the injury... The injury element there, I think, is a good call, and I think it's something to pay attention to. Okay, let's move on. Let's go to the next 16-16 game. Let's go to NC Central and Texas Southern. I think I have a feeling which way you're leaning here, but let's let the listeners listen in. NC Central is good on defense. Their effective field goal percentage for defense is good. It's also good on offensive rebounding, which is a weakness for Texas Southern. Texas Southern was 311th in offensive rebounding. Uh, rebounding allowed. NC Central's been on this magic carpet ride, Gus. They have to finish in set, six in the MEAC, and they won five in a row. Texas yep. Southern tied for second in the SWAC. They won seven in a row. Now they have Demontre Jefferson back. He's 23.4 points per game as a sophomore. He violated team rules. He was gone. Played the toughest non-conference schedule in the country, Texas Southern did, at Gonzaga, at Ohio State, at Syracuse, at Kansas, at Baylor, at TCU. They got Mike Davis experience. That's why Texas Southern wins and advances as a 16 seed to play number one seed Xavier in the West. Very nice. Okay, let's finish off the playing games, please. And let's go to the game that I think has two of the most questionable teams uh, that people might be scratching their head on as far as March invites. How about the 11 versus 11 matchup in the first four of the Arizona State Sun Devils and the Syracuse Orange? Very important game because out of the seven years that they've had the playing game for the NCAA tournament, six of the seven times, the team that won this game has advanced one more round. Now, every year, a team has advanced from the playing games, but only once, Gus, did it happen from the Tuesday playing game that was Wichita State. So six, six of the seven years, this game, for whatever reason, has moved on. Arizona State has struggled against big teams all year. They were swept by Stanford. Stanford's not good. They played Washington in that zone, and they lost that one. Here comes Syracuse. Besides having one of my favorite names to pronounce, Chukwu, Syracuse has the zone, they have the experience, they're not. They're going to be fine in this game. They're going to rebound the ball inside. Arizona State has the helter-skelter offense. They just like to shoot the three. Trey Holder, Shannon Evans, the whole crew, they're not very disciplined. Syracuse will slow them down. They have Battle, who's a real strong guard as well. I'll take Bayheim over Bob Hurley. Syracuse will get past Arizona State. And this is also the team that no one, except for myself, thought was going to be in this tournament. All these experts out there didn't think so. And Gus, what do we say all the time? The team that shouldn't have been in the tournament, that everybody says shouldn't be in, usually gets hot. Syracuse, past Arizona State, they'll see TCU in the Midwest bracket. Okay, you ready to get into this thing? Let's do it. Okay, we're going to head to the South region, and we will uh, navigate the bracket counterclockwise. Uh, We'll give Mike uh, the South bracket first, the Virginia bracket, if you will, and then we'll move downtown to the West bracket or the Xavier bracket, if you will. Um, So, Mike, let's just start up top. 
Let's go with uh, Virginia and UMBC and Lyles. Let's just start right at the top with the one seed. Give us a rundown. UVA's defense is unlike anything Maryland-Baltimore County has seen. Jarris Lyles was incredible all season. He was great against Vermont in the America East Finals, but he's not beating UVA. UVA's moving on. Very good. Okay, let's go right down the bracket and let's take a look at what could be called as the um, you know foster get-back game, if you want to, with uh, Creighton and Kansas State. Creighton being the eight seed, Kansas State being the nine seed. Gus, you talked about the revenge factor of Marcus Foster. I love that as well. That's a rallying point here for, sure. for the Blue Jays. And any advantage you can get, you'll take. Neither team is great on the road, but I saw Creighton play very well at Gonzaga this year. Bruce Weber said that Barry Brown should be recovered from his eye injury that he suffered in the Big 12 semifinal loss to Kansas. Right. But Wade, the, the big man, Wade, his status is an issue. He's a leading scorer. He's first team all Big 12. He injured his left foot in the 66-64 overtime win over TCU in the uh, quarterfinals there, the Big 12. He didn't dress for the Kansas game, and he was in a walking boot Sunday. That's the difference here. Give me Creighton moving on over Kansas State. Okay, so you have Creighton and UVA, but let's continue moving down the bracket. Let's go to the Kentucky-Davidson game. Kentucky being the 5 seed, Davidson being the live 12 seed. Mike, are you smelling upset here? Tell the people what you think. I spent more time on this game than almost any other game. I switched. My initial reaction when I heard the brackets was Kentucky, who I think has been overrated all year, is playing Davidson. All in on Davidson. That was my Mm -hmm. initial reaction. Okay. Here's the problem. Let's go through it. Kentucky won their fourth straight SEC title. They beat Tennessee. They won seven of their last eight, and they've gotten hot. Wenyan Gabriel was five points per game. He was 17.5 points per game in the last two wins over Alabama and Tennessee. Shai Gilgis-Alexander, double figures, seven consecutive games and 11 of 13. Kevin Knox, double figures, 11 consecutive games and 14 of 15, including 34 at West Virginia. They do hit the offensive glass. They're six in offensive rebounding as per Ken Palm. They're third in defending the three-pointer, holding teams to 29.9% from three. Third. While Kentucky's 25th in adjusted offense, Davidson's actually 18th. The problem is Davidson doesn't play defense. They're 115th in adjusted defense. Kentucky is 23rd. While this is going to be a very popular upset that a lot of people may pick, and I love Kellen Grady. I think he's spectacular. I wanted to get there. My heart says Davidson, but my head says Kentucky. They defend the three great all year. That's all Davidson has. Give me Kentucky moving on over Davidson. Two things I like in that matchup. Number one, I think that uh, your offensive rebounding uh, comment is completely on point there. And also, finally, we're seeing Kentucky's length and athleticism can be used as a giant strength here while running Davidson off the three-point line. Kind of with you on that. Okay, let's move down to number four, Arizona versus number 13, Buffalo. Do we smell another upset here, or do you feel like Arizona is safe? Arizona is too fundamentally sound. They got the best player on the floor in Aiton. They're not going to lose an early-round game with DeAndre Aiton. They're not going to do that. That's not the schematic. I like the Bulls. Buffalo's had a nice season. I like that a lot. Arizona is going to win this game. I don't think it's that close. I like what Buffalo's doing. This is just a bad matchup. Arizona moves on. Agreed with the bad matchup comment. Uh, Let's go down to number six, Miami, and number 11, Loyola, Chicago. Bruce Brown is out because of the foot injury. Mm -hmm. The tempo of this game is going to be slow, which helps Loyola, Chicago. This matchup is in Loyola, Chicago's wheelhouse. 
This is the matchup they want. They want a team that's going to slow it down. They want a team that's going to be able to, to take their time. They're not going to be pressured. They can set up offense. They're healthy, as you said, finally. And when they're healthy, they're dangerous. Easy pick for me. Loyola Chicago knocks out Miami an 11 over 6. Okay, there we have our first unique upset in Mike Randall's quest for the perfect bracket. Let's go right downstairs and let's go to number 3, Tennessee, versus number 14, Wright State. Tried to get there with Wright State on this one, but defense travels. Let's not forget Tennessee is fourth in adjusted defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. Great point. Schofield and Williams will pound Wright State inside. They shoot 39% from three-point range. That is a bad matchup for Wright State. I tried to get there with Wright State. I like Wright State. I don't like them in this matchup against the team that probably, if you include the regular season, was the best all-around SEC team this year. Tennessee moves on. Uh, excellent call. Let's get to the bottom of the bracket here. Let's go number 7, Nevada, and number 10, Texas. <sighs> this Deep is another thought. one that I really struggled with. Deep I have thoughts. an answer. I have an answer. Okay. Mo Bamba said he's 100% back from his toe injury. Jacob Young, sophomore Jacob Young, has blossomed in his absence off the bench. He's been on fire. Six threes against Texas Tech. That's like 12 threes against any other defense, and Nevada doesn't play any defense. What is he going to do against the 105th defensive efficiency-ranked Nevada Wolfpack that is already compromised? Kendall Stevens, now stepping up, Lindsey Drew's out, has a finger, and he rolled his ankle. I think he was in a boot this week. Nevada doesn't turn anyone over. They don't create any turnovers. They can't get in foul trouble. They haven't beat a ranked team all year. They almost lost to San Francisco fully healthy in Las Vegas, which last time I checked was in Nevada. Again, head over heart. My heart is Nevada. I love what they do. Martins, Caroline, positionless basketball. My head says Texas, who's battled the Big 12, is going to win this game. This is another game that everybody's going to pick Nevada. I don't believe it. Not with Bamba back, not with Young being doing stuff off the bench, and not with Nevada being too compromised. If they weren't compromised, I'd pick them. But if they weren't compromised, they'd probably be higher than they're, than they're seated already at a seven. Do you think Mick Cronin got your Valentine and is inspired in the 215 matchup, Cincinnati, uh, the two versus number 15, Georgia State? Cincinnati's 24-0 against Quadrant 2, Quadrant 3, and Quadrant 4 teams. Mick Cronin's not losing a Ron Hunter off the chair there in Georgia State. Cincinnati's going to move on. Very good. Let's bounce back up to the top of the bracket. We have uh, UVA versus number 8, Creighton. Do we have a slight upset here? Do we think UVA is in trouble? Clash of styles here? What do you think? UVA is number one in Ken Palm overall. Number one overall. They're third in effective field goal defense. They're third in defending two-point baskets. They're sixth in the country in defending the three. Explain to me how Creighton's going to win this game. There isn't a way. Creighton on the road for game two means bad shooting. They come off the high of Foster beating Kansas State. UVA moves on. Two major programs. You have Kentucky versus Arizona in the next little pod underneath UVA. Kentucky doesn't shoot threes well. Wenyan Gabriel has shot threes well lately. He's not a good three-point shooter on the season. Kevin Knox shoots three-pointers well. That's about it. 
barring a three-point barrage against Arizona, which is their defensive weakness, guarding the three, this one's easy. Aiton's the best player on the floor. Kentucky is not a great three-point shooting team. They're 118th in the country. Kentucky is bad against keeping teams off the offensive glass. Uh, Ristic? Uh, Aiton? Uh, Arizona over Kentucky. Okay, now, does the Cinderella ride for Loyola Chicago continue against Tennessee? Or does Tennessee, like, out-tough them and say, hey, we're the bigger team, we're the stronger team? Who do you like here in this matchup? It's very tough for a team like Loyola Chicago to these two upsets in a row. It's very tough. It's going to take a lot out of them. They're going to have to battle with Miami inside. Same script here as against Wright State. Like Tennessee, but getting worn out and then going against a physical Tennessee is not the best matchup here. Tennessee's 14-0 against Quadrant 3, Quadrant 4 teams. Only Quadrant 2 they lost to was Georgia away. They're not losing this game. Tennessee moves on over Loyola Chicago. Okay, then you have Texas and Cincinnati. Uh, Does Cincinnati have trouble with their big uh, in the middle, or do they just totally clamp down on him and then uh, run the uh, the rest of the Texas three-point shooters off the three-point line? What do you feel is going to happen here with Texas and Cincinnati? It's a close game, but I think Mick Cronin's going to keep it going. I think this is a hungry team. I think they'll be able to expose the problems that Texas has because they do play defense. They play defense a lot better than Nevada does. I like Cincinnati here over Texas. I can't put Texas in the Sweet 16, not without Eric Davis, not without Andrew Jones, not with Bamba now playing two games in a row. His foot could act up a little bit again. His toe could act up. I'll take Cincinnati. I think this is the showdown that everybody wanted to see in this bracket. How about UVA and Arizona, Mike? Give me the number of eight and fouls and give me the number of UVA threes, and I'll be able to answer this question clear. Ooh. But this is what I'm going with. Okay. Eight and changes everything. You play a help and recover team. You play a team that plays Virginia's defense. The killer to that is the big because then they, they have to, they have to pack in and they have to close things down. They're not going to turn over Arizona. Arizona plays defense also. Let's not forget that Arizona is not a bad defensive team here. They're going to be able to lock down a little bit. Now listen, I think Virginia can hit some threes. I do, but I think Raleigh Alkins is the matchup they can handle. I think UVA is going to have to shoot the lights out. I think they've struggled a little bit towards the end of the year. Virginia Tech at home, Louisville. I like that Arizona plays defense. DeAndre Ayton, he's one of the stories. We talk about the stories in the tournament. DeAndre Ayton's one of those stories. He could carry them all the way. Give me Arizona, upsetting number one UVA. Then let's get down to uh, your 2-3 matchup, which you have the number three seed moving through Tennessee, and you have the number two seed Cincinnati scooting through. Bearcats' lack of a big here kills them. I mean, they really don't have somebody that they can lean on inside. They haven't really beaten a good opponent, really, really strong opponent all year long. They took care of business at Wichita State, but I've told you Wichita State's uh, flawed. We've divorced. Tennessee moves on. (laughs) I'll take Tennessee winning the SEC over Cincinnati winning the AAC. So I put the volunteers, that's right, in the Elite elite Eight. Yes, I did. Okay. Now – uh, let's get to your final four in this particular region. Uh, you have Arizona versus the number three seed, uh, Tennessee. This is a very, you've come to a very interesting conclusion. Tennessee is not great at offensive rebounding. They're 293rd in the country and their second, their, their two point field goal offensive, uh, field goal percentage is 290th. They do are physical inside and they shoot the three. But they're too one-dimensional against Arizona, who I think is on a quest. Isn't it funny 
the year we count out Sean Miller, the year he doesn't have the pressure on him, the year everybody says everything with the FBI scandal. I think that's a very solid group. Ristic is playing well. They will control the game inside. Trier will make a couple outside shots. And Tennessee just isn't a Final Four team. I can't see Tennessee making the Final Four. I can see Arizona. Your representative from the South region are the Arizona Wildcats. Wow. Okay. This is fascinating. Give it a little rundown. Uh, you had uh, UVA uh, beating Creighton and then facing Arizona, who beat Kentucky. And then you had uh, the matchup of Tennessee and Cincinnati. Tennessee beat Loyola, Chicago, uh, Cincy over Texas. And then you took uh, Arizona to reach the Elite Eight versus Tennessee. And then Arizona reaching the Final Four. Well done. Okay. Mike Randall, do you feel like you're ready to tackle the West region or the Xavier region next. I am. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's go to the West region. Okay. Very good. So we're just going to start up top again. We're going to start with the number one seed Xavier uh, Musketeers. And then you put in Texas Southern. Um, is this the year that a, a 16 beats a one in your quest for the perfect bracket? It's a good question, partner. If a 16 seed was going to beat a one, what would you think about this? You'd probably have to think that that 16 seed would have had to play a strong non-conference schedule, right? They probably would need a tournament-experienced coach, right? That would help. That would help. They probably would need to be a team that had a missing piece most of the year because if they didn't have the missing piece, they wouldn't be a 16 seed. They'd probably be higher. So if a one is going to lose to a 16 – Part of that sort of collage would be, well, maybe they had a really good player who wasn't with them for a while, causing them to lose regular season games, causing them when they won the conference tournament to be seated in the 16 area when they're probably better. You'd also want this to happen in a year where chaos reigns supreme in the, in the NCAA college basketball landscape. Upsets happened across the board. You wanted to go against a team that probably couldn't create off the dribble. You'd want to play a team that was somewhat stationary, that maybe mm. didn't have a guy who could go one-on-one. Uh-huh. You'd probably want a team, if you were weak against on offensive rebounding, that wasn't a great offensive rebounding team. Okay. So a team that ranked 131st in offensive rebounding going against a team that doesn't rank high in offensive rebounding. And you, of course, wouldn't want to feel pressure and get turned over by the way, Xavier ranks 307th in defensive turnover percentage. This adds up to Texas Southern okay. defeating number one Xavier for the first time in the history of college basketball. If you're telling me that a 16 will eventually beat a one, and we all agree it will happen, this is the schematic. The season the way it went, Xavier keeping games close, 81-77 against Marshall at home. Oh, well, Marshall's really good. Okay. 77-72 at home against DePaul. Well, DePaul's really good. Okay. How about blowing a big lead to Providence? How about a point guard that only averages eight points per game and shoots 29% from three-point range? If you want the schematic that a 16's going to be a one, oh, this man. is it. Texas Southern, history in the making. Don't say I'm doing it for ratings. I'm doing it because I believe it. I think Xavier's gone. Wow. I'm just going to I'm just going to hit the paper here. Listeners, I think this is why you tune into the podcast. 
I think this is the exact type of breakdown that you are looking for in the college basketball landscape of things where somehow Mike Randall has given you reasonable rationale of how Texas Southern is going to advance in the tournament beyond the playing game and pull the biggest upset in tournament history. And, and, and Gus, this is fascinating. And Gus, here's the thing. You would want a one seed that was a weak one seed. I think everybody agrees that the one seeds this year are a little weaker than normal. A lot of people would say North Carolina should be the one because they have 55 million quadruple wins. They didn't win the, the Big East tournament. They gagged it against Providence. They've shown vulnerability. They don't have a big physical presence inside. Their third best scorer is Karim Cantor, who doesn't even start. This is the schematic. I'm worried about Trayvon Blewett, but you know what, Gus? If a 16 is going to beat a one, they have to have something good. You know, Princeton was worried about Lonzo Morning too, and that one almost happened. I'm going with Texas Southern. My biggest well, concern, Gus, is Texas, is Texas Southern not winning the playing game. That's the concern. I'll be lethal if they beat North Carolina Central. Moving on. Wow. Uh, I think everybody's now invested in the North Carolina Central Texas Southern game uh, in the playing games. That's for sure. Let's go down. Let's go down the bracket and we'll scoot through these a little bit quicker. We'll go uh, Missouri, the eight seed versus number nine, uh, Florida State. Who do you like there? I try to consume as much information, Gus, as humanly possible. Okay, so I'm listening to pods today, last night as well, reading stuff online. I can't hear any more about the Michael Porter Jr. effect. I can't. He played two minutes and scored two points in the opening game. And he played 23 minutes and scored 12 points on 5 of 17 shooting. All of these people, Michael Porter, no one's seen him play. You're telling me these guys who are picking up, you didn't see him in high school. You have no idea he played. If I told you he played chair table university or he played a game in an AAU game, nobody knows. The game is not going to be a Michael Porter Jr. game. He hasn't played yet. So his third game, I'm sorry, really his second game, right? He played two minutes. Right, again, right. In the It's going to be in the NCAA tournament? I mean, did Bagley have 50 in his second game? And they were playing Shabunk University in that second game. It's it, would People have to relax on the effect. Uh, uh, tougher school to get into than you think. <laughs> Very funny. However, the only thing I've seen of Michael Porter Jr., Gus, is that last game when he's 5 of 17 and the gif of him mouthing, quote, there are so many baddies in here, bro. When he's looking at the girls in the Missouri game, there's a gif of him. (laughs) That's all we have of Michael Porter Jr. However, I like Missouri here. I like Missouri. Florida State is very sketchy up and down all year. They're horrific against offensive rebounding. They don't shoot the three well, 161st in the nation. They are 254th against defending the three. Missouri shoots the three well. They're active inside. I like Missouri to move on here. Wow. Listen, this bracket is giving – this this pod is giving everything you, you hoped it would give. I'm exhausted. Um, <laughs> let's continue down. Let's go to uh, the number five seed, Ohio State, versus the number 12 seed, uh, South Dakota State. I'm sure you got something good here too, right? Ohio State has been overseeded all year. No one thought they were going to be this good. And Chris Holtman is a tremendous coach. But, folks, sometimes the location matters. You know where this game's being played, Gus? Uh-huh. It's being played in Boise, Idaho. Okay? Yep. And again, pay attention to the storylines. Don't ignore we're here. We're not like my mom who shows up and picks somebody last minute. We've been here. What has been the storyline with Gus in the offseason when he's walking around with Celicants 
What's been the storyline with Brad Evans? What's been the storyline about us? Mike Dom. So you're telling me in a 5-12 game that's in Idaho against a team that's pretty much outkicked their coverage all year. You're telling me that that's crazy that South Dakota State's going to win that not going to win that so, game? They no, are to- winning totally that game. 100%, another 5-12. I love it, baby. Davidson ain't beating Kentucky, but South Dakota State's beating Ohio State. Ohio State can't beat Penn State. You ain't winning in Idaho. Give me South Dakota State moving on. I hope the Jackrabbits travel and pack that place and make it a madhouse. We That'd should be fantastic. go. We should go. Absolutely. <laughs> and here's the thing, Gus. Nothing wrong with the road trip. Last thing. There's been some weird stuff that's happened in Boise over the years. Wasn't that Hampton game in Boise? There's some weird stuff that goes on there. I, there's some, been some, I think that Tyus Edney game was there Tyus too. Tyus Edney was there. That's a, There's stuff that goes on there. You know what it is? It's Mike Dom. And he's been one of the main storylines of the college basketball season, and it will continue. Mike Dom, Kata Bates D app, smell you later. Wow. Okay, let's just move down the bracket. Uh, how about Gonzaga, UNCG? Any shot for the upset here? No, Gonzaga's moving. Very good. I, I agree with you at Gonzaga. I totally agree. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, let's go to the number six seed, Houston, versus the number 11 seed, San Diego State. I know you will disagree with this, but I, I, I'm going to – out of loyalty to listeners, I'm going to give them the truth. Could there be a less appealing game in the first round than Houston <laughs> versus San Diego State? You're right, right. And Look, listen, I, I'm kind of into this game. I understand I why you're not uh, – I, I understand why you're not attractive. National appeal, Gus, is zero on this game, okay? <laughs> San Diego State, Gus was right on the money about two teams getting in the Mountain West. And I, I think the brilliance of that pick – is you knew Nevada was really good. So your attitude was whether they win or not, Nevada's in. Right. I think San Diego State stinks. I don't think they're, <laughs> I don't think they're very good. They're in the Mountain West. The Mountain West is not all of a sudden good. Nevada's good. The Mountain West is still not good. They did a nice job. They won a lot of games in a row. That's fantastic. Houston is a very good defensive team. Uh, so, uh, San Diego State's a very good defensive team. True. San, since when was San Diego State, by the way, an 11? San Diego State, Gus, is not in the tournament if they don't win that, the, the, the conference tournament. Am I wrong oh, or am I right? No, you're totally okay. right. And I think they had to slot them somewhere, and this is the slot they found why after, a, move, why after moving around some teams. Yeah. Why, why an 11? So, what's, so Texas Southern's a 16, and they're an 11? Why? They weren't even in the tournament. And it's because they beat Gonzaga. Congratulations. That's a fantastic win. And you can put that on your plaque after you lose to Houston. Cougars moving on. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Rob Gray advances. Uh, okay. We're getting to one of your one of your darlings here. How about the number three Michigan Wolverines versus 14 Montana Grizz? Game's going to be close in a half. I think Michigan comes out a little shaky. I think they've had a lot of time off. I don't think they come out shooting the lights out. I think this is a very close game. Hashtag first half wagering. Okay. I like Montana a lot. They're gutty. You've talked about them. They have players. I do think John Beeline ain't going out in the first round after he won the Big Ten tournament back to back. I don't. I think Moritz Wagner will do some things inside. I think the threes will eventually go down, but I think this is a scary, scary close game, much like Michigan last year, only being Oklahoma State by one, having to get a stop at the end of the game. I like Michigan though. Great call. And here's what I'm going to say about Coach Beeline. I think this time off for Michigan is a blessing for them because Coach Beeline is such a great coach and Agreed. he gets to get back into the classroom Agreed. with his team. So I, I think the layoff might actually benefit 
that particular Big Ten team. Okay, let's go to the number seven, Texas A&M versus number uh, number 10, Providence. A kind of an overrated, underachieving Texas A&M team versus like a feisty Providence team here. You know, we talked off air about games that we struggled to pick. This one I struggled right. to pick. Uh, good point. And in the end, you know me. We, I can play poker. We do the math. But in the end, it comes down to one thing. In your heart, do you think they got it or not? I'm not rooting for Texas A&M, Gus. They've disappointed all year. They've stunk all year. They got bad mojo. I am not going to wrap my head and tell the, our listeners that I'm believing in Texas A&M all of a sudden turning it around. I know they got a lot of bigs inside. They don't shoot the three very well. Providence, magic carpet ride, fighting Ed Cooley, splitting his pants on the sideline of the Big East Finals. Love the guy. What, what a great visual. Give me Ed Cooley. Give me Providence. A lot of guards shoot the three. Texas A&M, terrible chemistry, and I refuse to pick a team like that in a coin flip game. I'll take Providence. Good call. And how about we get down to the bottom of this particular bracket? How about UNC and Limscombe? Any shot here for Limscombe and their uh, offensive uh, efficiency? Yeah, I know they like to run. You're not going to run with North Carolina. I know they shot the lights out there against Florida Gulf Coast. I I think Luke May does well when he's not matched up against massively athletic bigs. This is a Luke May game. Remember Tyler Zeller? All those, you know, those those great UNC players we've talked about in the past have done well in that opening round. Give me UNC moving on. Love Limscombe, but I they they needed a miracle there first half to beat Florida Gulf Coast. They ain't beating a team with with basically I think twelve or fourteen quadrant wins. Everybody wants to know who is going to win the matchup back up top: Texas Southern or Missouri. Now here is the game that Michael Porter Jr. makes a difference because Michael Porter Jr. now has played one other game. Now he's had another week to get ready. And now he's playing a team that talent-wise is inferior to Florida State. This is the game I like Michael Porter Jr. in. The Missouri Tigers, Quanzo Martin, everyone's fired up. They're moving on. Love Texas Southern, but you're not pulling two off. Take a lot of energy to get the one. Missouri moves on. Sweet 16. Okay, let's go. South Dakota State Jackrabbits, uh, Gonzaga uh, Bulldogs. South Dakota State continue the magic carpet ride against the uh, championship game participant in last year's tournament. South Dakota State going west means their chance of winning drops precipitously. The teams that are west of South Dakota State will not take them for granted. The teams that are east of South Dakota State will. Gonzaga rolls. They move on. Let's go Houston and Michigan. What do you think is going to happen here? Do you think Coach Beeline continues his excellent coaching in the tournament? Do you think uh, Kelvin Sampson and uh, the Cougars uh, move on here? What's your call on this particular game? You know, Houston actually defends the three well. This is not a great matchup for Michigan. No, it really isn't. But it's still Houston. (laughs) They still play to the AAC. They had some bizarre losses as well. And Michigan State, I don't think, will be hot against Montana early. But just like in Madison Square Garden, Gus, when they get a second crack to relax and get used to those yeah. rims, they're deadly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think Houston's in trouble. I think Beeline escapes that first game. They roll in this game. I like Michigan. Ooh, okay. So you like them rolling in this game and making it a, a Yeah, a double-digit win. Yeah, they, they open it up second half. Double, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, Providence try to run with UNC here. What do we got? I just again, if you don't have a huge athletic big inside, that's not the 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 uh, elixir here to beat UNC. I think Joel Berry is the difference maker. Providence Dean Dean um, Roy Williams better coach than Ed Cooley. Joel Berry best player on the floor. UNC moves on. I think it's an easy draw for them. 
Okay, very interesting matchup in the West. This might be only the – you might have the only bracket that has this matchup in the West. How about Missouri and uh, Gonzaga? That's enough in Missouri. We've, we've had a nice run there. I know, Michael Porter – I know, we had enough. There's no more Porters. Gonzaga, Biggs inside, great coach in Mark Few. There's no surprise here. You're not surprised in Mark Few. Gonzaga moves on, Elite Eight. Okay, and then how about Michigan, UNC, two storied programs, two of the most recognizable brands in our sport? Not the matchup here for Michigan. Not what you want. This is not the game. North Carolina beats big teams. Luke May should be fine against Moritz Wagner. I don't think Teske's making an impact in this game. Cam Johnson's starting to come alive for them. North Carolina rolls on to the Elite Eight. One of the most confident things I am about this this entire tournament is North Carolina making this Elite Eight. So, cool. Guess what we got? We got a rematch. Who's going to make the Final Four? Gonzaga or UNC? So, we have a rematch of last year. So, the motivation goes to Gonzaga. We have Killian Tilly, who you correctly said has been on fire and is now stepping out and shooting threes. But there's Joel Berry and there's Luke May. So, I guess I'm looking for an X factor. Hmm. What's next to the X? Rory... Hashimura is next to the X. This is the Rui game. This is the game Rui Hashimura can take over this tournament. This is the game he does. He's the X factor. He comes in. He's the match North Carolina can't stop. Mark Few exacts revenge. Gonzaga back to back final fours. Great bracket form. Great matchup with UNC. Payback's a bitch. Gonzaga's in. Wow. Just to review for the listeners there, Mike has the upset of tournament history in his quest for the perfect bracket by saying Texas Southern is going to upset number one seed Xavier. Then he has Missouri making it to the uh, Elite Eight. Uh, I'm sorry, to the Sweet 16. He has South Dakota State pulling the upset over Iowa, uh, Ohio State. Uh, Gonzaga moving on as well. Houston and Michigan. Michigan getting the best of Houston. Providence and UNC. UNC advancing. And then Gonzaga and UNC will face in the Elite Eight. And he has Gonzaga moving on to the Final Four. Uh, And listen, listeners out there, we started this podcast for a number of different reasons, okay? Uh, Mike and I have a love for the sport. Uh, we have a passion for it. You can, you can tell by, you know, through, in our voices, through your earbuds or through your speakers in your car. And everybody, since we've started the podcast, just asks us for advice. Like, hey, who do you like? Who do you like in this game? What do you think of this point spread? And guess what? It's just as important as who you like as where you're going to lay your bet down. So... This is why we're going to tell people to head to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in the business for years. Their rep is absolutely rock solid, um, very well respected. They do uh, 50% cash bonuses on your first deposit. So right off the bat, you're going to make money without doing anything or laying down any wager. They have one of the fastest payouts in the business with 48-hour processing. You know, you bet one of those Thursday games, guess what? Saturday, you probably can look in your account and see that it's been paid off. When you win, you get paid. So you know who's gonna win. You just listen to Mike break down two brackets. He knows who's gonna win, so lay down some money and win big today. We would only recommend this service to the listeners if it's been good to us and it's been really good to us from the get-go. That's why we're urging you to get to my bookie. They have in-game live betting, 
the most rewarding player perks in the business and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering out on the go a breeze. You know, you're out with your guys, you're out with your crew, you're out with your girls, and you're feeling great about a game, and you remember that Mike Randall broke down uh, a bracket for you, and you thought like, oh man, I definitely like that game, that matchup makes sense to me. You can do it on the go. So go ahead. Please join mybookie.ag. They will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. You lay down, you, you know, you lay down 100 bucks. Guess what? They're going to plug 50 bucks in there for you right away. And please don't forget to use the promo code SDS. Efficiency of keystrokes, of course. You punch in the promo code SES at checkout. You're going to activate that 50% bonus offer. So please visit mybookie today. Listen, you play, you win, you get paid. We're rolling counterclockwise. We're going to uh, roll over the bracket to the Midwest. We're going to start at the top. We'll call this like the, I guess, the Kansas bracket, for lack of a better term, since it's a number one seed. You're going you're gonna to reach through the ra- down the rabbit hole again and say that Penn's going to beat Kansas in this 1-16 uh, game? What do you think? You know, I should have done a fake one and tried to convince you that I was. <laughs> That would, have been, that would have been fantastic. It was. And this is a very popular pick because people are mad that Penn is a 16. I don't believe the Ivy League winner has been a 16 in, in many years. But Penn did not win the regular season. But they did win the tournament. And they won the tournament a lot maybe because it was in the palestra. So I like Kansas here. No, I don't think Penn is going to upset them. I think Kansas, you know, having the advantage, of course, playing in Wichita, Kansas, I think they're going to move on. Okay. Uh, just, just, I'm just throwing this out there. You know who Penn's coach is? Oh yeah, Steve Donahue. I know. Okay. Yeah. Just 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 throwing it out yeah, there. Yeah, no, I, I listen, I, I think there, there is history there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I get it, Cornell. I, I, I get it. No. I, I don't okay. I don't see uh, the, right. I don't see this one. Trust me. Trust, I, you know I looked for it. <laughs> I, 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 I I'm sure you look dug at deep the metrics. For it. I, I can't I can't make an argument. Okay. How about uh the eight seed Seton Hall versus the nine seed NC State? Anyone who picks Seton Hall is simply doing so because they like Seton Hall. And I've heard this pick in multiple places. This is not just you and our good friend Paul. A lot of people like Seton Hall. Well, they got Angel Delgado. Really? Really? Have you guys seen how Angel Delgado goes on the side of a milk carton in the second half of every single game this year? So you think all of a sudden they're going to find him? I don't think so. Desi Rodriguez is still somewhat hampered or maybe injured. So is Sonogo. You know Kevin Willard's terrible. I like what Kevin Keats is doing. The numbers are very good for NC State. They're going to pressure the guards. I love what they do. Yurt 7, I think, is a matchup nightmare. He's going to pull Delgado out, or they're going to play zone, which is an absolute disaster. You have Alaric Freeman. He's shooting 70, 37% from three. Beverly's yep. shooting 40%. Markel, Beverly's great from three, yeah. Mar- Markel Johnson is 42%. And if you look at the numbers, partner, defending the three-pointer, North Carolina State is 14th, according to Ken Palm, in the country in defending the three-pointer. So they're going to wow. defend the three-pointer well. And the way they win this game is Delgado going bananas. But if Kevin Willard couldn't find him all year, I don't think you're going to find him now. Keats greater than Willard. NC State moves on. I, I agree with your uh, equation uses there. Very nice. Uh, okay, now it might get kind of saucy and exciting. How about the number five seed, Clemson, versus one of my darlings, the number 12 seed, New Mexico State? And I know not to go against you. New Mexico State has been a storyline. Or have you been paying attention, listeners, to not only our pod, but the national landscape? New Mexico State, Jamario Jones, everything they have going on out there. Clemson is like 5-5 five and five in their last 10. No Grantham. Marquise Reed is trying to carry them. They have not done, they have not done well against their, their neutral court and, and, and road games late in the year. 
Clemson, you know I didn't like them. But against New Mexico State, all in. New Mexico State, moving on, another 5-12 upset. Do you think some Aggie fans will travel out to San Diego to the, get to that game? I bet they will. What oh, do you think? Of course. And the Clemson going across country. This is an easy one. I, this, yeah. is, this is crazy. No, I love, I love, I'm with you. I love New Mexico State in this game. Good boy. There you go. I love that pick. Okay. How about the number four, uh, Auburn versus number uh, 13, College of Charleston from the CAA? I didn't want to tip my hand in our pod last night. You totally stole my thunder. I love Charleston in this game. I nice. love the okay. matchup. I Exactly what you said. I wish we could cut and paste exactly what you said. They see themselves when they look at Auburn. Auburn doesn't shoot well on the road. They have not shot well on the road in the last three or four games. Charleston sees themselves. They're not going to be afraid. Love College of Charleston. That's right. A 12 versus a 13 in the second round. It can happen. Defeating and knocking Auburn out. That's fantastic. I love that. I love that part of your pod. Okay, let's move down. Uh, you had Syracuse moving through in the playing game, and they're going to face the number six seed, TCU. I don't think this is the one that the play-in game gets through. I like okay. Jamie yeah, okay. Dixon has coached against Syracuse for many, many years. He knows that zone inside and out. I think Syracuse is a weak talent team. What you said about Syracuse and not passing the eye test is 100% correct. I just thought the committee would put them in. If you and I made a a 64, I wouldn't put them in. But it was what I thought they were going to do. I do think TCU's got some mojo this year. Brodzianski inside. I'm impressed with how Alex Robinson has played at the point. I like TCU here. I think they will battle, and I think they will be in a close game, but I don't think Syracuse will get through here. I think I, I agree. I think that's going to be a close game as well, and I think the uh, the uh, betting line will tell us that as well. How about uh, number three, Michigan State, versus a very live number 14 Bucknell team here? I think they're only live in, in, in another matchup. I don't like against Michigan State here. Michigan State and Bridges, they've had a very tumultuous year, the off-the-court stuff, but they know they can shoot the three. They know they have bigs inside. You know they have depth. They have shooters off the bench. They have players off the bench. Izzo's got a reason to focus. The team's refreshed and replenished. I don't think this is the matchup for Bucknell. I would like Bucknell in a lot of matchups, not this one. Michigan State goes through. I agree. I think this Bucknell matchup is very similar to the Buffalo matchup with Arizona. I think any other matchup, you would have probably taken a second look at them to pull an upset, but I'm totally in agreement with you here. Okay, let's get down to the seven seed, Rhode Island, versus the number 10 seed, Oklahoma and Trey Young. No, Oklahoma, stop it. And here's the thing. Everyone's going to want Oklahoma Duke. The right. TV's going to want Oklahoma Duke. They're going to want Trey Young versus Shevsky and Bagley. That's what they want. They ain't getting it. They ain't getting it. I know Rhode Island struggled down the stretch. But Oklahoma's in a free fall. They're one guy. He's exhausted. Absolutely not. I think Rhode Island is balanced here with the guards. They're going to be able to match up on the outside here. They're going to run a little bit. They have tournament experience. They have seniors. All of that is true. Give me Rhode Island beating Oklahoma. I don't think it's particularly close either. Duke, any trouble with uh, high-scoring Iona? No, I like Iona, uh, but they're going to have to get hot from the outside. And I think it's tough when you're, everybody scores eight to beat Duke. I, I don't see that happening. Duke moves on. I, yeah, I agree. I think you need a stud to beat Duke. I'm totally in agreement with you there. Okay, let's let's uh, rock it back up to the top of this particular bracket where you have Kansas versus NC State. So let's see. NC State shoots threes. NC State has a big inside. Azabuki is still somewhat hurt. Malik Newman, up and down. Kevin Keats, probably a good enough coach to realize you don't help 
off of Sveem Mihalik when Devontae Graham <laughs> drives, right? Probably, yep. NC having, State, having a bunch of three-point shooters himself on his team. NC State has beaten a one seed in the last five years. They beat Villanova. And let's not forget NC State's games this year. Duke, they beat. Clemson, when Clemson was good and loaded, they beat. North Carolina won at North Carolina. There's some big wins there. They also blew out Florida State when they were uh, 25th in the country. I like NC State. This is not a vintage Kansas team. They've had trouble in the tournament when they've been great. They've had trouble in the tournament with Sharon Collins. They've had trouble in the tournament when Ben McLemore let the game come to him. They've had trouble (laughs) against Wichita State. They've had trouble against Stanford. They've had trouble against VCU. They've had trouble against Northern Iowa and Ali Farouk Manesh. They've had trouble holding a lead against Trey Burke in Michigan. So why, in the biggest down year that they've had in the Bill Self era, when they lost four games at home, I know, but they lost four games at home, (laughs) why would they then go far? Why would this be the year that Kansas goes far? It's not. NC State makes no sense. They move on. The nine seed into the Sweet 16, repeating the, uh, I think repeating the glory that they had with the, with the Martin brothers there. Uh, let's get down to who's going to continue this beautiful uh, fairy tale Cinderella type ride, New Mexico State or the College of Charleston? The team that's better balanced the team that has been the better storyline this year, and the team that has the best player on the floor. New Mexico State is going to go to the Sweet 16. That is absolutely right. I totally agree with you. I think they're the real deal. I think they've had tough games. You go try playing in Grand Canyon. That's not easy. You know why it's no easy? St. Mary's wouldn't go there and play them. St. Mary's had a home and home against Grand Canyon. I heard this on the CBS podcast today. And they bought out going to play Grand Canyon in Grand Canyon. Good move, Randy Bennett. Enjoy the NIT. New Mexico State, moving on. Fantastic. Okay. TCU give Michigan State anything to worry about? Or is that a little bit of a bigger mismatch than we're uh, maybe seeing on paper? Mog game. Mother of God game. Michigan State moves on. Kind of with you there. Uh, okay, how about uh, Coach Hurley and URI versus Coach K and Duke? Just too big inside Duke. I, I lo- Again, I looked for a reason, Gus. I looked to right. try to get him through. No, it's Duke. It's Duke moving on. We're going to get the Michigan State-Duke matchup, and all you're going to hear is how Shashevsky owns Izzo, right? All right. week long. Can't wait. That's going to be a long week. I'm with you. That's going to be a long five days. Man, okay, let's go back to the top of this bracket because I want to know who's going to make the Elite Eight in the quest for the perfect bracket. Will it be the NC State Wolfpack or will it be the New Mexico State Aggies? You can't spell Elite Eight without E's. And there's a whole lot of E's in Omer Yurt 7. <laughs> That's what I'll tell you. What? I think this team has some mojo. They shoot the three well, which is what you need to do. They have a great coach. They're going to have some guys off the bench. And they have Yurt7, who reminds me of Kevin Pitsnoggle. And that's why they're going to the Elite Eight. Wow. That is outrageous. Thank you. Uh, Thank you very much. Wrote <laughs> that down. I knew you'd like that one. Um, yeah. You know what? How about this? I feel like maybe the Braxton Beverly like redemption tour yep. might be living inside of your bracket against the NCAA Very good. For denying his transfer well earlier. Well done. Look at you. Well done. Yes. 
that karma, I think, is coming full circle here and is now complete. Uh, break down Michigan State and Duke and what in the world is going to happen with this rematch that we saw earlier on the season. You're going to tell me this is personal. You're darn right it's personal. I went nuts in the beginning of the year and said Michigan State's going to beat Duke. And I almost went out there and pretty much guaranteed it. In fact, I think I did. All you're going to hear, Gus, is uh, Izzo can't beat Krzyzewski. And his players who love him, who absolutely love him and love that uniform, are going to pound Duke. Enough of this zone. Ook, Grayson Allen, he'll probably trip Miles Bridges or something. No way. Duke gets pay- uh, Duke loses. Michigan State gets payback. They get payback because they're better. They get payback because Duke can't do can't play any defense. Bagley, he's going to be matched up and pounded inside. This is my prediction. I'm just four months late. Michigan State into the Elite Eight. Duke is out. Does NC State continue its magical karmic run and put up a fight against Michigan State? Or are we just going to plug Michigan State into the Final Four? You can't spell Final Four without an O. And that's what's in Lou Rawls' name, Jr. Michigan State. Michigan State. Oh, no, Mary, you had seven, didn't you? No, Lou, Lou Rawls' name, Jr. You a lot of vowels. I agree. Yeah. I just think they're the best team, Gus. And I think that this FBI thing has clouded a whole bunch of teams. And I think what's going on here, I, I think they're they're united. And I, I, I've said they have the best talent. And I think they're going to the Final Four. So I'm putting them in the Final Four. Michigan State moves on. Listeners, we're breaking down the final bracket in the quest of Mike Randall's perfect bracket. If you like what you're listening to, please hit up the podcast via Twitter, at SDS Podcast, Efficiency of Keystrokes, of course. If you're looking for a little bit of uh, a screen-to-screen or in print, please hit up Mike's site, randallrant.com. You can jump into the short corner and you can access all of our previous podcasts on that site. Please don't forget to give Mike a follow on Twitter as well. Randall Rant. He is both insightful and entertaining. And if you are not entertained by this podcast, I'm not sure what else you want from a college basketball uh, March Madness bracket breakdown. Um, and if you really, really are enjoying what you're listening to, uh, we are on a personal quest, uh, Mike and I, to get to triple digits in iTunes uh, podcast, Apple podcast reviews. We are in the upper 80s right now. If we can get to triple digits by tip-off on Thursday, we would totally appreciate it. Go ahead. Leave five stars. Leave a cool comment. You leave a cool comment, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast and a hoy on the podcast later on this week. Um, so please, uh, it, show your thanks in that fashion. That would be really cool. And if you're looking to get in touch with the, with the podcast, um, you can hit us up via Gmail if that's your mode of communication. SDS podcast at gmail.com. Uh, so, Mike, are you ready to break down the final bracket and give us your final participant in the final four for the 2018 March Madness tournament? I was born ready. I always, start- always want to say that. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to say that. <laughs> well, now that you're born ready, let's just start at the top. Um, you have Radford playing uh, Villanova, the number one seed. What do you have here? I have Villanova. Okay, very good. Just, just, just checking. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, 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 after your prior no, brackets, fair. I need to ask that question. Well, that's why I, I just, I don't want to like overhype. I'll just, you know, if I, if I start a diatribe, you know where I'm going. No, no, Bill knows when. Okay, very good. Interesting matchup. Uh, right below that, you have the number eight seed, uh, Virginia Tech versus the number nine seed, Alabama, and uh, Colin Sexton, who's been playing a little bit out of his head in the SEC tournament. You know, everybody likes 
how Alabama has been playing and they like how Colin Sexton has been on fire and Colin Sexton has played very well the, the last couple of games. I don't think this Alabama team is like he's on fire right now. I, I mean, I, I understand that people like what they see and they root for them. Listen, no one's been a bigger fan than I am. I love this team. I, I really love watching Alabama. It's just hard for me to say that this is such an easy game for them. I mean, this is a team that if you look at their end of the season, they lost at Kentucky at Auburn, home Arkansas, home Florida, at Texas A&M. God awful. Five, five or six game losing streak, right? Oh, yeah. Five game losing streak. Then they beat Texas A&M. Congratulations, by the way, by one at home. <laughs> then they beat Auburn at home and they lost to Kentucky. I, I think they have enough to get by Virginia Tech here because I, I just think that Colin Sexton, best player on the floor, and they're hot. I think John Petty will have a game. We talked about this. Right. I just don't think this is a slam dunk. And no one's picking Virginia Tech, which makes me nervous. But right. I'll take Alabama in a slight upset okay. over Buzz. I think like they have the balance there on offense. And even though they have issues, I like them moving on. Interesting. Okay, let's go to number five, West Virginia, to number 12, Murray State. Racers got a shot here? Yeah, it's very dangerous. Ja Morant and Jonathan Stark, Murray yep. State's going to have no trouble running. But West Virginia has a way of wearing you down. And, what? I mean, are we going to bet against Bob Huggins with two senior guards? Are we really going to do that against Javon, uh, I, Javon I, I, Carter, Daxton Miles, senior leadership, guards win in March, Bob Huggins as guards. Last time he had this, he had Deshaun Butler in the final four. Are they going to go out in the first round to Murray State? I like Murray State a lot. I just think West Virginia has enough to get by here. Agree. I like the backcourt matchup there. I think that's very intriguing, especially Murray State's uh, senior and freshman uh, that are leading the backcourt. Uh, but I, I agree. I think the toughness and um, – I don't know, the maturity of West Virginia is going to prevail there. Uh, how about number four, one of your favorites that you've liked all season, number four, Wichita State versus number 13, Marshall. Yeah, you know, people are picking Marshall here, all right? And Wichita State doesn't play defense. We know that. Their ranking's terrible. Fine. What does Marshall do well? Could, could somebody answer? If you look at their stats on Kempom, they're 100th on offense. Okay, 100th, ranked 100th in unadjusted efficiency on offense. They're 143rd on defense. All right. They're 138th in shooting the three on three-point percentage. All right. They're 163rd on defending the three. All right. They're 114th in defending two-pointers. Um, they're 180th in steals. I, I don't – what do they do? I, I mean, they they, they, they they run up and down with the ball on offense. They do. And I think Wichita State will be able to take advantage of that because I think Wichita State's problem is not scoring. So if you're asking me who's going to stop who more, Wichita State will stop Marshall more. I don't like Marshall in this game as an upset. I know a lot of people are picking it. That's not my heart because, trust me, I divorced Wichita State. You'll see, you'll see in a moment. But I, I, I don't like Marshall pulling the upset here. Very good. Okay, let's get to, num- uh, let's get to number six, Florida, who's going to play the winner of the playing game. And for you, that was UCLA. So you have number six seed, Florida versus UCLA. Yeah, people have a hangover from last year with Florida. They think this is last year's Florida team. It's not. No John Abuno inside. They've been up. They've been down. They make threes. They don't make threes. This isn't a light switch. Florida's not the point of a program that can just turn on a light switch and say, oh, we have a lot of guards. We're good. We're making it. You know, Kayvon Allen, well, he doesn't shoot enough. That's a problem, okay? Well, we've been up and down all year. Well, that's a problem, okay? So eventually, like, you know, we have to we have to start playing well. You can't just, like, be a full of potential and not play well. UCLA gets hot over their win over St. Bonaventure. Whichever team won this game I put ahead of Florida, Aaron Holiday takes over. He shows why he's potentially a top 15 pick in the draft. UCLA continues the playing streak win because I didn't put Syracuse through. UCLA moves on. 
Interesting. Okay, I like that you got the playing game winner moving through. Uh, how about number three, Texas Tech versus number 14, a very familiar name, Stephen F. Austin. And the game's in Texas, which I think is frisky. I like the matchup, but I like Texas Tech. They should have been a one seed. They're finally healthy. Zach Smith is back. He got his legs out from under him. Keenan Evans, best player on the floor. He's getting healthy. Texas Tech moves on. Great call there. How about number seven? Arkansas versus number 10, Butler. Super intriguing 7-10 matchup here. Yeah, I'm not sold on Laval Jordan in his first year. I'm not sold on Butler away from home. I like Arkansas. I like their depth. I like that they're, they're athletes. They played well in the SEC tournament. Like Arkansas moving on here. Okay, and then who are they going to play down low? you got the number two seed, Purdue, versus Cal State Fullerton. Yeah, Carson Edwards doesn't lose first-round games. I'm kind of with you on yeah, that. I, I, I like that pick a lot. Okay, we're going to move back up to the top of the bracket where you had uh, Villanova versus the number nine seed, Alabama. Villanova by double digits. I, I think Alabama, again, been very inconsistent. I think they they look good, okay, but they haven't executed. Villanova's going to pick them apart in a high-scoring game like Villanova. Okay, I think we got a little taste of where you're going with this next matchup with West Virginia and Wichita State. Yeah, I, listen, guys, I'm sorry. I, I you, you, Two weeks ago, Gus, I'm putting Wichita State in the Final Four of this bracket. Okay? Correct. But I'm not, and they're not beating West Virginia. West Virginia presses them. They, you know, they're going to get them up and down. They're going to wear them down. They're going to be all over Shamit, all over Shamit, and they don't play any defense, which means that West Virginia should be able to get a lot on offense, even though they're not a great offensive team. West Virginia played well in the Big Twelve, had some big wins. West Virginia with the senior guards and Bob Huggins moves on Sweet Sixteen. Excellent. That's a nice, that's a beautiful matchup uh, coming up next. So we'll get we get to that in a few uh, in a couple of games. How about UCLA and Texas Tech? This is intriguing. Who do you like here? I like Tech. Love Tech a lot. Love their seed. Love where they are. Love the whole thing. This game is is going to be played as I said in Dallas, Texas. So you're going to have UCLA trying to beat Texas Tech in Texas in Dallas. That ain't happening. Texas Tech moves on Sweet 16. Great call. Good job paying attention to where the pod's at. And then you have Arkansas and Purdue. Does Purdue have trouble with Arkansas's athleticism? This is a very close game. And a lot of people are going to like Arkansas here. My concern with Purdue is Vincent Edwards' health. I know he's had some chances here to get healthy. That's what I'm really worried about. But you know what swings me here, partner? Arkansas defending the three, 202nd in the country. Tough. That's tough against Purdue. I know it's a back-to-back two games in, in three nights here with Vince Edwards. I think the injury's an issue, but I'm going to take Purdue against Arkansas. I don't think you beat Purdue if you're not good against defending the three. I, 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 I'm sorry. They, I, I don't they, they think, should jack up too many of them. Right. Like, I, I don't see that schematic. I, like, I don't understand that. So, Purdue moves on here. And much like we talked about with Michigan, the layoff being good because uh, Coach Beeline then gets to do more of his great teaching, I think Purdue is also benefiting from the layoff because now uh, Vince Edwards does have time for that injury to heal instead of it being a quick turnaround, like you mentioned, it being an issue with St. Bonnie's. So I think the rest actually helps those two Big Ten teams in some strange way. Let's go up to uh, Villanova and uh, West Virginia. So you have the one seed uh, versus the five seed here. Who do you like? I like Villanova. West Virginia is not going to score, and when they don't score, Villanova will score. Villanova's played some tough teams this year, and whenever they play, their offense shows up. You're not turning over a backcourt of Jalen Huds of Jalen Brunson and Booth and Bridges. You're not turning them over, okay? No, I I don't think so either. I think. Much like uh, when we talked about some other teams that played West Virginia earlier on the season, I think I think Brunson would if he if he had this matchup in his and had like I don't know a day to prepare for it, 
I bet he'd be chomping at the bit for it. Yeah, I, I just I, I like I think it's a fun game. I think it's going to be a great game. I like Villanova. I think they're too efficient on offense. Okay, then how about the two seed versus the three seed? You have the three seed Texas Tech and the two seed Purdue. Which way are you leaning here? Vincent Edwards' injury is worse than we realize. He had a bunch of days to rest it before the Big East tournament, and then he looked terrific. So you want to say he's resting it right now? Sure. You want to say he gets through the first two games? Absolutely. He's going to be hampered in that Arkansas game. They're going to limp home in that Arkansas game, and it's simply because he's not healthy. And Texas Tech is excellent defensively. They're going to defend the three very well, which Arkansas is not going to do. I like Texas Tech. I like Chris Beard. And I also am going to say because of the injury to Carson Edwards, I think that makes a huge difference. Zach Smith is back. Vincent Edwards, right? Zach Smith is back. Give me Texas Tech. The Red Raiders moving into the Elite Eight. Okay. So you're thinking the injury bug is going to bother Purdue more. And you feel yeah. like Texas Tech is healthy now. Okay? Yeah, that's exactly right. right. Yeah, I think it's yeah. great. It's a wonderful game. It's a wonderful yeah. game. But I think Texas Tech will defend the three. And I, I, I think that Vincent Edwards isn't going to be able to do a lot. I think it goes very much the way Michigan did. That's a by the way, that's much watch, must watch TV. Texas Tech, yeah. I mean, it's an incredible game. Yeah. Okay, and then speaking of incredible game, this is much watch TV too. I mean, you got you got Villanova and you have Texas Tech and you have Brunson and and, and Keenan Evans matched up like two of the best guards in the country. Uh, who's making it to the Final Four out of the East? Well, here's the thing: what type of team has Villanova struggled with always? Butler. What? How does Texas Tech play? They're third in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. They're 13th in a defensive effective field goal percentage. They're 47th. They only give up 32% on their three-pointers. They're 17th against two, and they have scoring on offense. I think Texas Tech pulls the upset. That's right. I don't think a one seed is going to make the Final Four. It happened in 2006. It happened in 2011. And it's going to happen in 2018. I think Nova gets knocked out. I think Texas Tech brings a strong defensive effort and shocks everybody. Love Villanova. I think Texas Tech is the bad matchup. They're the kryptonite to that Villanova offense. Give me the Red Raiders moving on to the Final Four. I can see the Red Raiders matching up athletically with Villanova. That makes perfect sense. Okay, so just to review, in the South, Mike has Arizona making the Final Four. In the West, Mike has Gonzaga making the Final, Gonzaga making the Final Four. In the Midwest, uh, Mike has uh, Michigan State. And in the East, you just heard, he put through Texas Tech. Okay. Let's break down the Final Four and give these people a national championship and get people out of here so they can go fill out this bracket and win their quest for the perfect bracket, Mike Randall. Let's start on, I guess, the left side. Let's go with Arizona and Gonzaga. It's a great game. Sean Miller gets the monkey off his back and gets to a Final Four. But we've seen this narrative before. We've seen Butler go back-to-back in 2010-2011. You have a great coach. You have depth. You have an Arizona team that had some scandal. I think Gonzaga is going back to the championship game. I think with Rory Hashimura as the difference maker, I think Tilly inside, he can step out and shoot. Gonzaga has not played a lot of defense this year. I totally understand that. But I think it's asking a lot of Arizona to go through UVA and Tennessee and then Gonzaga to make the championship game. Give me the coaching nod. Give me the more balanced offense nod. And finally, the difference between St. Mary's and Gonzaga is large. But one of the main reasons is Gonzaga plays people. Gonzaga plays Creighton. Gonzaga goes to the PK-80. That's why they're Gonzaga, and that's why you're St. Mary's. 
Give me the Bulldogs making a return trip to the national championship game. Bravo. Well done. Let's go over to the other side of the bracket, the right side of the bracket, where your East representative is Texas Tech and your Midwest representative is Michigan State. Break it down for us. I think the Spartans take care of business here. I think that their balance and their def- and they play defense. And here's the thing. They play defense. They rebound. They shoot the three well. And they have depth. And they have a great coach. That's a pretty strong lineup, partner. That's a pretty strong lineup. Miles Bridges could have a real strong game here. Texas Tech, happy to be there. Michigan State, not just happy to be there. I think despite all the turmoil, the best team on the floor gets through and Michigan State makes the finals. Do you think somewhere, wherever this is happening, do you think Coach Heathcote looks down on your bracket and is just smiling and quietly applauding? I Yeah, you know, I hope so. And I know a lot of people are going to say this, this is nuts. But here's my question. If you're right. just going to ignore – if you're going to go by the off-the-court scandals, right, then right. your Final Four is going to be Arizona and your Final Four is going to be, I don't know, Kansas. I, everybody's got flaws. Yeah, Everybody has flaws. And I think Michigan State has the motivation and the right draw to get through. If Michigan State had to play Villanova – or if Michigan State had to play, who knows, UNC. But honestly, I think they get hot, and I don't think they stop once they play Texas Tech. And really, their only their biggest hiccup is going to be Duke uh, in the Sweet 16, it seems like. Okay, so give the people their champion. Who's going to win? <laughs> Who's going to win versus uh, you know, Spartans or Bulldogs? Gonzaga will be so motivated in this game. They've done such a wonderful job. They have a great coach. They have great balance. They're so wonderful. They've really improved their defense as well. They're ranked 17th in adjusted defensive efficiency as per Ken Palm. I remember when they weren't playing defense. Now they are. Things are very different. They're playing a Michigan State team that's going to have more talent and is going to be better balanced than them. I really tried to get to Gonzaga winning this game with Mm -hmm. Rory Hashimura taking off. I just think the backcourt is such a problem. <laughs> and Cassius Winston and Langford and those guards come here. And as much as the karma would throw me off, I said it at the beginning of the preseason and I'm saying it now. Michigan State is the best team. I said they're the national champion. They have all the motivation in the world. They're healthy. Izzo's a great tournament coach. I think the Michigan State Spartans beat Gonzaga and break their heart in what will be a phenomenal game because I think in the end, the backcourt play of Michigan State will be better. The spread on that game will probably be one point that's, or a pick. That's what one I would have said. One point or a pick. That's what I would have said, and it would yeah. be a phenomenal game. I love Gonzaga, man, and I tried to get there, but I, I'm going to go with what I I'm going to dance with who brung me. Give me Michigan State to be your 2018 NCAA champion. That ends the quest for the perfect bracket. Well done, Mike Randall. The stats that you're going to get there, the logic that you're going to get there, you're not going to find many other places. So, Mike Randall, congratulations on finishing your quest for the perfect bracket. Now all this just has to happen, right? Now all this just has to go down. Everything that you just said has to happen. A one needs to lose to a 16. Uh, a, a number nine uh, seed needs to make the, the, the elite eight. 
Uh, we need back-to-back -back, uh, championship game uh, entries for the Bulldogs. Uh, it all needs to happen. It's funny. Uh, I, I got I got two 12 seeds going through. Mm -hmm. You look at my 6-11 matchups. I have TCU going through. I have Houston going through. But I have UCLA and Loyola Chicago. I yep. stay true to my bracket thoughts. One of the playing game people get hot. We talk about one seeds. It certainly happened. It's happened twice in the last two years that no one seeds get through. It's yep. been such a chaotic year, Gus. I can't see this being a vanilla bracket. It's, mm -hmm. it's never been vanilla. It always is wonderful. And now in the craziest year we've ever seen, it's going to be vanilla. I just can't get there. So that's it. Michigan State, Texas Tech, Arizona, Gonzaga. And man, come on, Texas Southern. Win that first game and make them sweat. <laughs> That's all we're rooting for. I think if we listen to that, that that that's the one. That's the that is the hallmark of the 2018 Mike Randall screen the screener college basketball bracket. Well done, uh, listeners. We just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, please don't forget to access uh, the podcast on all the the avenues that we uh, spit out to you prior to uh, Mike breaking down the East bracket. Again, just uh, enjoy filling out your bracket. Dominate your uh, office pool and uh, I will come back tomorrow with uh, my picks and then you know let's just sit back and enjoy the games and, and uh, you know congratulate each other on the upset that you pick what do you say man I, I, I'm so stressful I've been thinking about this all day I did nothing at work I'm gonna tell you right now <laughs> I feel good though, man. I went with my heart. This is what I believe. You got my daughter and son sitting here and I had to be right for them. This is what I believe. But I will tell you, I can't wait for tomorrow because it's much more relaxing when you're giving the picks and I'm just sitting here with a glass of milk and some cookies talking you through it. Can't wait. All right. That sounds good. So listeners, we'll hit you back up later on this week. Uh, I'll give you my picks on my, give you my bracket breakdown. Uh, and listen, take this bracket to the bank and uh, make sure you go win your office pool with Mike Randall's quest for the perfect bracket. So, salancha, gratulatia, arigato, cheers. Texas Southern. So